the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You can say it this way. God is a shepherd who rocks. Did I say that okay? Can I say that? God is a shepherd who rocks. And so he poured oil on the stone because God gets it done. Thanks for joining us again for Reaching Your Heart. Today, we will bring you the conclusion to a message Pastor Michael Oxentenko entitles, Every Shepherd is an Abomination to the Egyptians. If you'd like to listen to the previous messages, they are available for you at reachingyourheart.com. And thank you so much for listening today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and you are always welcome. The broadcast is also streamed live at reachinghearts.org slash video. We'll have details on that and more as we continue with today's broadcast. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentango. And so the two witnesses in Revelation are two lampstands because God's Word is a lamp and a light for our feet. The modern secular spirit of Egypt has no place for the Bible. An evolutionary thought, materialistic philosophy, no place for the authority of God's Word. Communism has no place for God because communism is an atheistic philosophy. No place for Jesus Christ because when you believe that reality is the material stuff around you, you don't need the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world in your mind. So in that sense, all shepherds are an abomination to the Egyptians. We live in a time when preachers of the gospel are disdained, where Christian churches are held in contempt. We are living in a time when every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Joseph learned that this is true. He shared it with his brothers. Israel was a shepherd kingdom, and God intends that His church be a shepherd kingdom to the very end of time. I came into the church because there were two godly people in my life. Norman Halleck and Aline Halleck. I met them in their 70s. They had retired and they started living another lifetime for kids who would come to Fletcher Academy. My dad had died and I didn't have a coat for the winter and I was as poor. I came from Appalachia. I brought my dog Fang to school for the first day of Academy and they let my dog stay. He ran away in two weeks. I've always wondered if they took him away, but I don't know. Fang, I'll get him back in the resurrection. You say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? I'll get my dog back in the resurrection. The Bible says in Psalms 36, verse 6, that God saves man and beast. I'm a proof texture on that point. I'll hold God to His Word. I get my dog back in the resurrection. How many of you ever had a pet that you wish that you could retrieve for the future? Why not? Why would God say, well, you know... I mean, I've heard theologians talk this nonsense. They say, Jesus didn't die for little animals. You ever hear that? He only died for people. Of course, that's meant to be a rite of passage where you grow up and no longer think you need your dog. But you know, 
I kind of remind them of this fact. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the what? The world. Now, you look in the world, there's a lot of things in the world. My dog and my cat happen to be in the world. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. So when I believe in Christ, I plan to take my dog to heaven with me. And I'm sure my dog will look better than he ever looked here. Fang is coming back. In fact, when I was in Appalachia, I'm digressing, you can tell. When I was in Appalachia, I got Fang at a time in my life when I didn't have much comfort. Our home was in disarray and there wasn't much of a home there. I would sometimes go to the county junkyard to look for treasures. And I learned to take something out of nothing early on in that regard. And there were some dogs, wild dogs, running there in a pack acting like wolves. And we tamed two of them. Actually, we tamed one. The other one came home. And Rex, you never tamed him. He ended up going somewhere. But Fang was tamed, and Fang became my best friend. When I became a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, I went to academy, I took Fang with me. And somehow God moved on that boy's team, let me keep my dog. I'd have left. And the dog didn't stay long, but I did. And the rest is history. I'm going to get my dog back. That was the children's story for the day. I want to get my dog back. Israel was a shepherd kingdom, and God intends that His church be a shepherd kingdom at the very end. Allen and Norman Halleck, after my dad died, saw that I didn't have any kind of support. They were old. They'd worked at Broadview Academy. And one day, I was invited over to her house, and they had a garden, a beautiful, impeccable garden. I've never been able to keep my yard looking good at all. I have people mow it because I'm an awful gardener. But she helped me work in her garden, and she paid me, and she said, now look, you need a coat. I'm going to buy you a coat, but I don't want to give you the coat because I don't want to inculcate this idea of being lazy. You need to earn that coat. So work in my garden. And I'll give you some money, too, for your labors, fairly given. And in time, after I was working in her garden, I remember one day as we were kind of pulling up weeds and working in the ground, I saw more love in those beautiful eyes this precious woman of God who was an accountant type at Broadview Academy. And she turned to me and she said, we've had many sons over the years. My husband Norma and I have not been able to have any children. But we've had many children who we have adopted in the Lord who have gone on to be workers in His cause. And she says, we both feel that you could be such a person. But we've got to make a little deal here, a little covenant. Not with the law, but between the two of us. If you'll let us claim you as our boy, will you claim us as another mom and dad in your life? I mean, it's unbelievable that someone would offer themselves to someone like me, I thought, coming from where I came from. Unfathomable that someone would be willing to shepherd me when I don't have a clue where I'm going to go for the summer to live. And I said, I'll take you up on it. And those dear people were with me to the day they died as they approached the year 100 in their lives. God gave them another lifetime to bless my family. They stood in the place of my parents at my wedding with my wife. Wonderful folks. It's when we meet people like that in our lives, we come to understand that God shepherds us through the love and the acceptance we find in those who really know Christ in the church. God has called His people, all His people, to be shepherds for the lost and lonely of the world, to take the truth and the light of God's Word to all those lost sheep out there and in here, to have hope and courage to make them a part of a future kingdom of God. 
Revelation 7, 17, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and He, that's Christ, will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Friend, God Himself in the form of the pre-existent Christ was the good shepherd for Joseph and his family. God shepherded Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but He did that for Joseph too. For all those years in prison, God was in the prison of the roundhouse. God was with His brothers in Canaan working on their hearts, trying to save them, disciplining them, softening them up. God was with Jacob who was Israel, the father, depressed, down, negative, unable to look positively in the future. And God appeared to him in person. God appeared to him in vision. And, and those times when God didn't appear at all, God was with him, the great shepherd of Israel. God was with Jacob and Joseph and all his father's house. In the good days and the bad days. And that missing one that must be only accounted for by the name of Asenath. There's no other way to figure it out. That missing one is one that is brought by adoption. By adoption in Egypt, backed by marriage, into the family. So that all 70 are complete. The one constant in their life was the fact that God was their shepherd. Friend, when Jacob blessed Joseph, he revealed to him, that Asenath, his wife, was the Ayan well of life that came from Canaan to Egypt to make him fruitful. We looked at that name, Asenath Bat Potipharah. The Ah at the end is the Ayan. Added to Potiphar. The rabbis noticed this. It, what's it doing? It's a pictogram, not included in the Septuagint language. It's, the Septuagint reads, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar. And Potiphar is identified as a Cerise eunuch in the book of Genesis. And so the rabbis played up on that quite a bit. They said, well, how do you have a daughter if you're a eunuch? Well, you have to adopt the daughter. That's good logic. And that ayin is the key. It is the number 70 in gematria in Hebrew. It's also the letter that means ayin, the word, which is well. I, well. And so asnath is the well, the I. And it comes to bear in Genesis 49-22 when Jacob reveals to Joseph who his wife really is. Joseph is a fruitful bow in the Hebrew bane parot, a child born of feminine fruitfulness, literally, a feminine participle. Yosef, Joseph, he who adds. And then bane parot, a child born of feminine fruitfulness in the Hebrew. Literally, ayan, 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 upon the well, upon the well. Banot, daughters. In the Hebrew language, literally, she stepped over the wall. Sure, the defensive wall that separated Canaan from Egypt. This is when he learns who Asenath is. And he goes on to say in verse 23, the archers fiercely attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him sorely. Yet his bow remained unmoved, his arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Jacob called the good shepherd in his life the mighty one of Jacob, because he knew that God is mighty when we are not. How mighty is God in your lives? Do your children know God is the mighty one of your life? The one who delivers your family? The one who delivers you? Jacob called the good shepherd who is God, the rock of Israel, who saved his son Joseph. When God appeared to Jacob at Bethel in a dream with a ladder that reached from heaven down to earth, God called out to him and God promised him that he would never leave him. He says, I'm going to be with you in all your trouble, all your sojourn. I'm going to bring you back to this land. 
And that night Jacob took a stone that was his pillow and he poured oil on that rough and hard stone that was beneath his head. He had a dream in his head and the stone was next to his head. And the dream wasn't because the stone was hard. The dream was because God is the stone. God is the rock that affected his dream. And he took that rock out and he anointed with oil because he recognized that God is the rock that guides him in life. God is the rock kind of shepherd. You can say it this way. God is a shepherd who rocks. Did I say that okay? Can I say that? God is a shepherd who rocks. And so he poured oil on the stone because God gets it done. That is why Paul referred to Jesus as the rock that led God's people in the Old Testament in the desert. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. I want you to know, brethren that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized in Moses in the cloud and the sea and all ate that same spiritual food, supernatural food, that's manna, and they all drank that same supernatural drink, that's the water that came from the blue sapphire stone rock in Exodus 17. For they drank from the supernatural rock which followed them and that rock was Christ. The shepherd is a rock. A shepherd rock who moves. The shepherd is the mighty God of Jacob, who is the rock, the shepherds, the shepherds all his people. Friends, what does this mean? It means that Jesus is no shaky shepherd in your life. Jesus is the rock solid shepherd who is dependable in your life and a sure thing for the future. When you aren't sure of anything, Jesus is the rock kind of shepherd in your life. He's a big rock shepherd who holds you high when you feel like falling down and dying, who rolls over your enemies when you have no might to face them down. Christ is the rock of ages who blesses His people in every age who come to Him to redeem them and to save them. How many of you need the rock of ages? I need the rock of ages. This I affirm. Genesis 49.25 By the God of your Father, Jacob continues, who will help you. How do you like that? By the God of your Father who will help you. The God who helped me and Abraham and Isaac is going to help you. By God Almighty. See, not a weak God. By God Almighty who will bless you. It doesn't say might bless you. Who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that couches beneath. And here is the reference to his wife, Asenath. Blessings of the breast and of the womb. Our shepherd God in life guards us over our very life. He guards our life for life. And he keeps the trembling soul on solid ground that stays within his sheep band. Friend, Jesus does not leave us to the wolves, but the good shepherd fights for us. He bites back as the mighty rock of Jacob. He wins the battle with evil because he's stronger than evil. And thus he blesses us with a future and a hope because in his heart of hearts, in the name that is Yahweh God, he is the merciful, covenant-keeping, tender-hearted God, the shepherd of his people. Friend, our only hope and our Sure confidence in life is and must always be the mighty one of Jacob, the rock of ages, who is our shepherd guiding king. Friend, we belong to a shepherd kingdom. And this is why the world hates the church of Jesus Christ on earth, because every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. The gospel makes no sense to a worldly-minded people who live out the ideal of materialism and this and that here, and they don't look to the eternal. God's love is spurned by worldly Egyptian kind of people who naturally love hate more than love. God be praised. I would rather be a shepherd. I would rather be in a shepherd kingdom under the care of the good shepherd 
than be high and mighty in the world with all those Egyptian philosopher kings who will not stand in the resurrection of the righteous, who can't stand the good shepherd and the sheep in their lives, who fight against shepherds and churches and the like. I will stand with the sheep of Jesus. That's where I want to be. Genesis 47.1, So Joseph went in and told Pharaoh, My father and my brothers, with their flocks and herds and all that they possess, have come from the land of Canaan. They are now in the land of Goshen. And from among his brothers he took five men. And look at the verse. You see where it says five men? You're looking at that? If I were to ask you how many men, what would you say? This is not really a counting match. I'm trying to see if you're awake. How many men? Five. They took five men and presented them to Pharaoh. Now, numbers matter in the Bible. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Why did Joseph take five of his brothers to Pharaoh? What's five famous for? Any guesses out there? I'm quizzing you. Any guesses? What's five famous for? The first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Five represents God's Word. The Torah is the first installment of the Bible. Jesus fed the multitude of how many loaves and fishes? Come on, you guys know. Bible quiz time. Five loaves, how many fishes? Two. Now those numbers are significant. Two is the number of the two witnesses, the Scriptures. You have to have two witnesses for a conviction in the Bible. And so God sends people out two by two, so there's a true witness in evangelism. But five is the number for God's Word that is the Torah, the bread of life, so there are five loaves. So five loaves are five people. It means that God is speaking through His people to give His Word to others. That's why He chooses five. At this point, Joseph's brothers like Joseph have become ambassadors for God's Word. They aren't just simple shepherds. They are spokesmen who will speak to Pharaoh on behalf of the people of God and God. Shepherds of God must always be in the business of sharing God's Word with the world. Or they're in the wrong business. Look at verses 3 and 4. Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants, just like Joseph said, are shepherds as our fathers were. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan, and now we pray you, let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Joseph had set it up. I'm sure Pharaoh had an idea what was going on, but it looked good. God led His people to sojourn in the land of the Egyptians so the people who despised every shepherd could have a lot of them around to share the truth of God and of the Good Shepherd for hundreds of years until the Exodus. It was a new day of opportunity for Egypt. Friend, God sends His shepherds, and maybe He's calling on you, not to just sit in the pew, but He sends His shepherds everywhere today for the same reason. There are demonic domains out there claimed by Satan that a good shepherd's servant of the great shepherd must go out and seek the lost and make a difference in those places. 
These simple shepherds from Canaan stood before the strongest king on earth and they asked him to let them live near him in his kingdom in the land of Goshen, the best place near those big cities, a little to the right, the east. Verse 5, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any able men among them, Put them in charge of my cattle. <laughs> That's an amazing little insert in the storyline. Every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians, but don't be surprised if these secular-minded people ask you to shepherd their sheep too. God has a way of leading His people to minister to others who don't really understand who God is. Friend, your life may be the only sermon an unbeliever ever hears. Your testimony of faith may be the only truth that finds its way into their heart. Your kindness or your request for kindness from them, like Jesus did at the woman at the well, give me a drink. It may be the only door God opens for them to find that person, that precious soul, as the Good Shepherd seeks to save them, not just you. And even though you are a shepherd despised by the world because you belong to the church, all of us are shepherds in this sense, we must shepherd our community, we must shepherd the world around us. Even though you're a shepherd despised by the world, friend, Don't be surprised if God uses you to bless the world that can't stand you because you're a Christian. And that God uses you to win them to become part of the fold. Verse 7, Then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father. Now it gets really intense with Pharaoh. And he set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. That's an amazing statement. He blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many are the days or the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my sojourn are 130 years. And here's his interpretation. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. And they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their sojourning. Now let's pause here. He says, Pharaoh, I've had it real rough. Real rough. I've had a real rough life. I've been a hard case for God to work with. Me and my family, we have a lot of trouble, harm and calamity in our lives. That word is a favorite word of mine. My favorite word when I'm in trouble is awesome. And it means double trouble. It's the Hebrew word for calamity and harm. And by the way, I have noticed that Joseph's wife named Asenoth, awesome, just like the troubled awesome my son sent to Egypt from my family that I was so upset about. She looks real familiar. And you know, we're missing one of our children. Hmm, I get it. And there's something about that name Asenoth, awesome trouble. But you know, Pharaoh, things have turned around for me as of late. I got my boy Joseph back. I, I, my son, I thought was ripped to shreds by wild beast. Ah, he's here. And he's a prince in Egypt. He's under you. I got my granddaughter back and she's married to him. My awesome is Asenoth. I have all 70 children. The one that's not named. The four that are in Egypt, you know, Joseph, Ephraim, Manasseh, but there's four in Egypt. That's the fourth. So my life has turned around for me, King. We shepherds know how to count the sheep, and all my sheep are here in Egypt. All my house, as Joseph would say, all my father's house. God be praised. And guess what? I'm a shepherd in your kingdom. God sent Joseph to bless you. God sent Asenath to bless you too. And God sent me my rock. My God, my rock, He sent me and my little flock of 70 children 
to Egypt to bless you and the world. King Pharaoh, have you ever been blessed by a shepherd? Have you ever been blessed by a shepherd? It feels real good. You see, my God is the good shepherd. He has redeemed me in all my days and all my years of life. And He has blessed me. And I stand before you as a blessed man who can bless you. I am a shepherd. God would have me bless you, Pharaoh, because I am a shepherd. And shepherds bless and care for all the sheep in my Father God's kingdom. You are God's sheep also, Pharaoh. Verses 10-11, And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. And then Joseph settled his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Dear Heavenly Father, we are blessed people. Not because we're all that good. We aren't. But we have a good shepherd. And that's the focus of our worship and our experience this morning. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the ancient Christ who was the mighty redeeming angel, God in angel form, who redeemed Jacob from all his trouble and the one who went to the cross and got it done for all of our trouble too so that he is our good shepherd in life. May we never take these things for granted. Never give us a shallow eye so we do not see the deep warp and woof of Scripture, Lord. Help us to recognize that Christ is there for us and He'll be there today at the end as well. Bless Your people, Father, with plenty of love and grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, that will conclude the message Pastor Mike entitles Every Shepherd is an Abomination to the Egyptians. We certainly appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you listening each and every week here to Reaching Your Heart. Won't you join us for the worship service? It's held each and every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.